The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Let's get hype! Welcome into the Husker 24-7 Hype Pass. Following a win for the first time in a few weeks, I am Mike Shaver, joined by Michael Brunch, Brian Christopherson, as mm. always, for Husker 24-7. And this week's special guest is we're going out to Piscataway, New Jersey, a place that I believe he has called Nebraska baseball games from before. We will have on Nick Handley from ESPN 590. Nick, how are we doing? I'm good. I'm hoping you guys are making the trip and heading out to Baton Field, the crowning jewel baseball field of the Big Ten. I know it's high on Brunt's list of things to do when he's out there. Do, do they leave that tent up year round or is, does that come down in the winter? Oh, you got to take that down. You you can't risk that to the elements, right? I mean, that's that's your press box right there. So they got to take that thing down. <laughs> you guys have... Uh... I mean, so you you've been out there for baseball, and you guys have been out there for games before. What's what's the setup like at Rutgers? Compare it to other Big Ten schools. How about I take it? Well, in in shape, you being familiar with high school baseball in the state of Nebraska, being a a, a Columbus alum there, that I would like to compare it more to high school baseball fields. That the majority of that setup that you see at like. And and that's saying something because, I mean, there, there are a lot of great high school baseball setups now. Sure. But even when going back to when you were playing, when I was playing, um, it still probably wouldn't even be amongst the best in those high school setups. <laughs> it's just bad. I mean, think about when you were playing in a Little League tournament and they had the PA announcer with the portable speaker and microphone right behind the backstop. That's exactly what you're doing at Rutgers calling a baseball game. The only good thing is 
you can really see some good spin rate. You can see a little bit of movement on the pitches. But as, as soon as that ball's elevated, you have no idea where it's going. Depth perception, it, it, it goes to hell there. It's, it's so- that's because you're, you're sitting right behind the catcher, Nick. You're like, <laughs> right. it's like catcher, umpire, and you like two feet yep. behind him. Yeah, you just see. And if you're watching like the broadcast, you just see our heads right above the mat, like the padding <laughs> on the backstop. So it just looks like a couple of heads like, hey, hey, guys. And then you got to be quite like if you're criticizing an umpire's call, you got to be a little bit more hush about it as well. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's got to be difficult. You question the call and he turns around and stares at you. Yeah, and then you point at the, you know, you point at Ben or Greg. Like, oh, that was him. I didn't that makes sense. It, you know, it's funny, though. That trip is actually one of the more fun ones other than the baseball setup. I mean, your 30-minute train ride from the city. They've got some really good uh, restaurants kind of around the New Brunswick and uh, Piscataway area. So it's actually not a bad trip. And from what I understand, the football stadium, SHI Stadium, is actually a pretty decent setup media-wise, too. So from a football standpoint, this is probably a, a pretty solid trip. Yeah, what do you guys remember? 2015? Uh, so Brian and I probably aren't the best people to ask, given our affinity for Ryan Field um, in, in Evanston. <laughs> um, however, Nick's right. It's not bad. You, you got a good view of everything. You're actually kind of down lower. You're not like behind the backstop, but you know you, you can see everything. And the only other thing I remember was there's like a the hike up to where like post game media. It's like a it's like a 25 degree angle. Like you, you have to like climb a rope practically to get up there. That's the only thing that's a little tough. But uh, other than that, it's it's not terrible. I think there's, it's, I will say it's better than Purdue. I think it's better than Northwestern. And I don't know. I mean, I I, I would say it's not the worst. That that's, uh, that, that's as, about as full-throated as I can get with my praise. You're about to get all that Purdue can offer in a week's time. Yeah. With, with a night game in uh, magical Ross Aid Stadium. Mickey Joseph doing post games sitting on a five gallon Home Depot bucket. <laughs> on a slant. And it's always raining. It's yep. always raining for that game, no matter yep. what. It somehow looks like they, they just ran a horse race through there, yeah. um, no matter what. We'll, we'll, we'll get there next week. We'll, we'll yeah. stick with Rutgers this week. It is a Friday night game. So everyone, uh, my my dad called me. He was concerned. He had heard that it was Friday, but had thought that it was Saturday. He needed he needed me to explain to him that it was definitely a Friday game, that this wasn't some sort of elaborate ruse being pulled on him. So, uh, yeah, if, if anybody else needs that, they are playing for sure on Friday at six o'clock. So uh, that will be happening. All right, let's uh, let's dive right into it. We'll start with the offense as we always do. Nick Hanley, what were your thoughts on Nebraska's decision to pull Casey Thompson when they did, and then the explanation that sort of followed afterwards? Like at first, I just assumed, okay, he's he's hurt, you know. He, and we learned about like the the litany of ailments he's dealing with right now, and so I'm thinking, okay, yeah, he's banged up. He's you know he's still getting worked on, what have you. And then to find out, well, we got to give Chubba some reps. It was, wait, are you? are you trying to sort of kind of put us off the scent there of, of maybe, you know, Casey dealing with a couple of things that they just don't want to shed some light on, or is that true? And if that is true, it's, it's just odd, you know, as far as, okay, are you going to give, you know, maybe 
Chubba Purdy a couple more series or, and I know you guys get it all the time too. I, I hear it a lot too. Where's Logan Smothers? You know, a guy that does one thing, but does one thing, you know, kind of in a unique fashion with being able to run the football, being able to run the option. He's more of an option based quarterback. Again, I don't know how much they prepare for that each week or how much they want to have some type of package like that, but it was kind of confusing, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Like, I understand where, you know, Casey maybe takes, took some shots and he's still getting worked on. They're, they're a little concerned about it. And so they want to give Chubba Purdy a couple of reps to further evaluate Casey. But the explanation that I kind of gathered was, no, this was sort of part of the plan. So I don't – I'm not against it either way. I mean, obviously, if he's injured, you got to play the next guy. Or if he's even banged up for a little bit, you got to play the next guy. But the one thing of, you know, okay, well, we got to give him some reps. We got to get Chubba some reps. It, it didn't seem like that was, you know, organized. You know, that wasn't, okay, this is when we're going to play Chubba. This is the time of the game that we ideally would like to play him. That's, that's kind of what I took away from it. BC, yesterday, Brunson and I sort of discussed Anthony Grant and Nebraska loading him up with, with 31 carries. It's the most that we had seen uh, for Nebraska running back. Um, and in some time since Trey Bryant, which led us down that path that we don't have to continue into today's podcast. But uh, what, where are you sort of at with Andy, Anthony Grant? And do you think that becomes a consistent part of this mm. offense where, I mean, we're talking about a guy that instead of 15 carries, we're talking about 25 to 30 as a, as a way for Nebraska to, uh, to be effective on offense or as, a, as another weapon for them. Yeah, I think I think we're talking about him differently than maybe we thought in August. I think we're thinking 25. That's sort of the number I set. I always think of 25 as kind of that number when you've mm-hmm. got an RB1 who you definitely are going to feed a lot. And then sometimes you go a little above, sometimes a little below, just depends on the game. But I would set that as sort of the number, I think, going forward. I think it's going to be around there, give or take a few. And then you know, Gabe Irvin, I do think needs to be effective as this season goes along to help, you know, not make it so Anthony Grant's carrying it 35 times every week. And I think Gabe Irvin, I'm kind of intrigued what he can do, honestly, um, because it feels like it's been stop and start type of deal for him so far in his career for various reasons. Uh, But yeah, I mean, Anthony, Anthony's one of the best backs we've seen around here in a while. And so you feed your best player. He makes stuff out of nothing sometimes. He, he's one of those guys you can give the ball. And even if you're offline, if a guy or two misses a block, he ends up making seven yards out of it. With uh, I feel like he has really good vision. And I think he has pretty good patience, too. Like, I think you know, late in that game in the fourth quarter, you saw a run or two where he kind of sits in the hole second. And, uh, you know, he, he plays a little chicken and then boom, you know, pops in and gets six or seven yards. So um, I've been very impressed with him. And let's remember, he toted it a lot at the Juco rank. So this isn't I know it's a different level, bigger guys, all that stuff. But he's not unfamiliar with this. And he is a more durable, bigger size back than I imagined when he arrived. I, that that impresses me about him. One thing I noticed, he did a he had some heads up running where if he was along the sidelines, he'd try to get himself down so that clock mm. would keep running. I mean, that's you don't see that from every running back, and so I definitely thought that that was uh, worth remarking on. Brunts, something that is a little concerning to me: the very first game of the year, Travis Vokalek heavily involved in Nebraska's offense, they're able to feed him the ball in the middle. 
maybe it was game plan specific against Northwestern, but up until his injury, he looked to be among among the most effective players on Nebraska's offense. Oklahoma was Oklahoma. Obviously, that game didn't go right in a number of ways. I thought we'd see a little bit more Travis Vokalek against Indiana. Do you do you think that we've seen the version of him that that Nebraska is going to have for most of the year, or or what is what does his role kind of look like? Because it, it just feels so open ended right now. Yeah, he's been good as a run blocker, and I think that's you know maybe been lost a little bit. But I agree. I mean, I I kind of got in the later stages of that game against Indiana. And, and I kind of started thinking, like, wait, Travis is Travis Vokalek even out there? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I don't know if maybe the offense, whenever he was out, if they kind of went away from the tight end on on purpose um, to to kind of account for him not being in there, and maybe it's you know not getting the 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 getting him back involved. I mean, that that's kind of basically the issue. I I think they will going forward. I think they have to. Um, especially on some of those quick hitters um, with, with Nebraska's issue, keeping Casey Thompson clean. But I, I, I would expect him to be more involved. And, and I'm like you. I mean, it, the the disappearance the last couple of weeks, even with him being back from that injury, it, it, it's been noted. And I think that's something they have to find in the offense again. BC, what, what if anything, should we know about Nebraska's offensive line? I mean, do we have an answer on Turner Corcoran at this point? And then uh, what about Hunter Anthony? I mean, he he got quite a bit of run when Bryce Benhart was pulled two different times against Indiana. Uh, where do things kind of sit as we head into this Rutgers game? Yeah, um, well, I mean, I, I think the tackle spot is a, the, one of the biggest worries on the field for me for Nebraska in this game, because when you look at Rutgers defense, um, you know, they're 18th in total defense or 18th in rush defense. Uh, they actually got after Ohio state a little bit too up front. So I, I, I think it's going to be a challenge. They're going to mix and match at right tackle. We know that for sure. Um, you're going to see both Ben Hart and Hunter Anthony. Uh, the most consistent guy by far has been center Trent Hickson. And that's kind of gone under the radar, but he's had a solid season, I think for him. Um, you know, Ethan Piper played every snap at left guard. So he's kind of your dude there that they're going to need to count on, uh, to be really dependable. And then, um, I, from all I know, Turner Corcoran's available until I hear otherwise. Um, I did, I know they sent in the play, um, to the big 10, but that to me suggests Nebraska didn't think it was even a punch. You know, that that's what that says. It's more about that argument about should have he been ejected from the first game, uh, for what happened there. Uh, by Nebraska sending that in. So I think if there's, I guess, a positive, um, their quarterback himself, Casey Thompson, said, you know what? I can deal with that pass pro I had last week. It wasn't bad. I can work with that. I think he's trying to lift those guys up. He's taking them out to dinner this week. Uh, So maybe they'll be in a good mood. Grant Banks came in and played decent snaps. So, we'll. I mean, I think think they're okay, but they're going to have to work around that right tackle spot or just get better in a hurry. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jumping over to the defensive side of the ball, Nick Hanley, we saw Bill Bush uh, have his opportunity to, to kind of put his fingerprints on what Nebraska was doing defensively. What did you see in sort of his first game as Nebraska's defensive coordinator? And and what do you think is potentially sustainable out of Saturday? That's- that's the million dollar question right there. What we saw and what's sustainable because I expected, and I think you guys did too, this group to be energized, this group to sort of feel a little bit more inspired and with a little extra time to prepare for Indiana. Plus the fact that Indiana's out with two key players, you expected this, this group to kind of jump around a little bit. And the thing that I noticed that was very recognizable from a year ago was the swarming to the football. You know, you saw hats on the ball. And, and I thought that that was something that has really been absent this year. We can talk about the missed tackles, which were down. Obviously, that stood out, too. But when you've got two or three guys that are swarming to the football, especially from, you know, the line of scrimmage to about, the you know, the seven-yard zone, seven zone there, you've got one guy. Chances are that that probability of missing a tackle is going to be a lot greater than when you have two or three guys there. So just their ability to get to the football in that area, I thought was noticeable. And then the guys that I think we've expected a lot from throughout this year, you know, guys like uh, Nick Henrich, who I get it, he's, he's been injured. He's been limited that way. But Luke Reimer, who feeds off of, I think, the plate of Nick Henrich, those two look more like them. Um, Garrett Nelson's presence, I thought was, was very evident in this game. Uh, it's been a little bit inconsistent in prior games. Uh, I thought even Quentin Newsom was, was fine. And then you kind of get that spark from Malcolm Hartzog, which the bigger play was in special teams, but just his energy, a guy that, you know, they felt like earned the, the right to get some reps in there and, and he made the most of them. So all of that was good. All of that is what stood out to me. What's sustainable is, I just think it, this sounds so elementary, but I think it's the the energy level that they come with. I mean, you know, you guys have always heard that, you know, the, the defense is, is desire. It's passion. You got to have dudes, obviously, in the Big Ten. I still feel Nebraska has some dudes. It's just technique. It's being able to line up quickly. That surprised me that they were able to do that as well as they did against this Indiana team that wants to go tempo. I thought that was a point of emphasis that for the most part, I thought they did line up correctly, line up on time to where they were able to get set up. And I think that also maybe I don't want to say took Indiana by surprise, but I think that also limited what Indiana could do, even being shorthanded like they were. So can Nebraska kind of lean on those fundamentals, knowing that there are other teams, not a lot, but other teams that remain on their schedule that will go tempo at times? I think Purdue's a good example that will try to push that every now and then. I think that's something that this defense can draw from that experience. But I think also learning and understanding the amount of guys that you're able to have that lateral movement, getting to the football, putting multiple hats on on the ball carrier itself. It's amazing how few tackles are actually missed. And so I do think that that's sustainable. I really do. Michael Brunt, 
who so Hanley with a great breakdown there of of what went well for Nebraska. What performance do you think really kind of stood out for you against Indiana um, as you sort of look back at that game defensively? Uh, well, Luke Reimer had that huge interception um, that, that was, you know, kind of Levante David in 2011-ish. Um, but I thought that was the first game with him where you'd kind of seen like the Luke Reimer that you were expecting to see this year. He looked like he was playing quickly. Uh, you know, was running around and, and not a step slow um, and, and was tackling well once he got to the ball carrier. So I think he was the one that probably stood out the most. Garrett Nelson got uh, after the quarterback a little bit. And, and we got hit on this yesterday, too. But I mean, that that was probably the flashiest game we've seen from Ty Robinson as a Nebraska football player. And I don't think that there was any magic potion there. I think it was just, you know, this coaching staff challenging him and, and just kind of simplifying things a little bit. I mean, I I think Ty Robinson is an emotional guy. I think he can kind of feed off of just a simple get after the quarterback and, and you know, kind of raise hell approach. And I, I think that's I'm, – I'm more eager to see if, if Reimer and Robinson, kind of the, the guys up the middle in that defense, if they can stack another game on top of that performance against Indiana. Because I think both of those guys were – easily as good as they've been this season. And I think, you know, the, the overall performance of the defense, I kind of, ref, I think kind of reflected those two guys. BC records offense has struggled uh, quite a bit this year. Nebraska's defense has struggled quite a bit this year. As you look at these two teams, is there a clear edge for either, either when Rutgers offense meets Nebraska's <laughs> defense on Friday? No, I think, I think you'd call it a toss up. Now I would say, I think Nebraska has a, uh, the, the compass pointed a little bit more in the right direction after the last performance. But then again, Rutgers played Ohio state. So what do you expect? But um, I Nebraska has got some mojo because of that. They, there's a little bit of, you can tell it around the stadium this week. There's this, they're really pumping up the vibe too. I mean, other side of the ball here, but Whipple, even the other day, the way he went on about, you know, let's go for the division. Like these guys have to believe that they can, you know, do that. Like I, I think they can. And so that's, anyway, that's kind of the <clears throat> sentiment. I get choked up talking about it. It's so emotional. <laughs> um, just thinking about like a, a division race in, in late November. Um, do you but, need a moment? We can no, stop I, for you. No, I'm good. Now you got me going too. No, yeah, it does. It gets in your eyes a little, but uh, I, I just think this defense has fed off of a, uh, of Bill Bush's simplification. And I know that's uh, kind of a, that's a simple thing to say, but they, they just played faster because they were lined up better. And uh, sometimes football, we make it pretty complicated, but if you have two or three guys who just before the snap are still like pointing over here, this guy's like, okay. And he's thinking about, okay, what's the offense doing now for a half second, the ball snap, you're screwed. Cause you need all 11 guys functioning. And so I think Bill Bush took it back to chapter one of the book. And I don't even remember what your question was, but I think he took it back to chapter one of the book. And he just said, we're going to get lined up. It's sort of the Lombardi gentlemen. This is a football thing. Like we're going to get lined up. You guys aren't as bad as you've played. There's no way you're this bad. I mean, they aren't, they, they got enough guys that they shouldn't be like 125th defense in the country. So do the fundamentals, right. And you'll, You'll be okay. And this is a game where they can stack some momentum. They really can. If if they can control 
Rutgers running game. And I think that's where Rutgers is going to challenge them. They're going to say, okay, prove that you can actually stop the run if we beat it at you for four quarters and stay patient with it. I think that's going to be the biggest test Friday. All right. Uh, We have reached oddly specific prediction time. Uh, Everyone will make a very specific prediction. I don't know that anyone was particularly close last week. Brunts, Brunts is, all right, how many plays were there? It wasn't the plays. It was the it was the game time. I was only off by about twenty minutes. You 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 actually got the blame hashtag blame Brunts trending because that game was taking so damn long, and that was a long game. That was like rain Not delay, yeah. rain delay for a Nebraska Creighton baseball midweek baseball game. That's how long that thing was since Nick Hanley's on the on the hype cast this week. <laughs> Do you Thanks. think Rutgers is going to throw out a Johnny Allstaff type performance here to match it? I hope not. Uh, get, get Ed Service going to the mound a bunch of times on Friday in New Jersey. <laughs> the The only baseball that Hanley and I want to discuss, uh, no one else wants to listen to, so we'll right. hold off on that. Yeah, we'll All right. right. Brunch, we'll just stick with you, your oddly specific prediction for Rutgers. I, I'm, I'm, this is kind of a, a joint pick-to-click Oddly specific prediction, but Travis Vokalek going back to New Jersey, big, uh, you know, big on what's going on in New Jersey with the restaurants. He was, he was passing out some, some pizza recommendations at the press conference this week. I think Travis Vokalek gets off the milk carton back into the game, the uh, Austin Allen honorary performance of the uh, pick the click. So I'm going to say six catches for Travis Vokalek. And I think he gets in the end zone. So six catches one touchdown for Travis Volklek, thinking it might be about 12 yards. All right. Look at that. All right, Hanley. You've you've now seen how this is done. How are you gonna yeah. how are you gonna bring your oddly specific prediction in here? So I can wait for my picks to pick the click, right? Yep. Yep. We okay, do pick that's... the click and then game prediction. So okay. So I'm gonna say something about the offense where I'm gonna zero in on a guy that I, th- I think is the best skilled player in this game and Trey Palmer. I think Trey Palmer gets at least two carries in this game. Two carries in this game. I feel like the Trey Palmer jet sweep has not opened up for them the way that they would have wanted. It so has far. not. But I think they, they want, I, you know, you got a guy riding a heater. You know what they always say in Vegas? You never walk away from the table in the middle of the heater. So you want to keep, keep them involved, right? I, I would love to see what a heater is like mm. in Vegas since it's frigid cold every time I draw the cards. But all right, so two carries for Trey Palmer. Um, I'm going to toss mine in there. Aaron Crookshank is going to do it again. Another oh, no. kick return for a <laughs> touchdown allowed by Nebraska. It will come at a time in which Nebraska has just put themselves up by two scores, feeling okay about itself, <laughs> kicks off, bam, Aaron Crookshank. Ruining your life again. BC, what do you got? That's pretty good. Um, I'm going to say, still special teams-wise, Timmy Bleak Road, who feels like I don't see a lot of him. We, you know? I mean, it, no, he's not really um, been involved a lot. He's going to make three field goals in this game. And Look one of that. them is – one's going to be pretty important. And one of those oh. will be a 38-yarder uh, that hits uh, – the left upright and bounces in no double doink, but it's, it's just a single doink off the left upright and in um, he goes three for three and I'll throw one more in there. I think miles farmer, who's been sort of a, I would say a punching bag sometimes uh, with this defense 
Um, he's going to have a pick. He's going to have one of those plays. Remember the uh, you North know, Northwestern game where he yeah. had two of them and he returned the one inside the five? He's going to have something like that where uh, he steps in front of something and uh, carries it into the red zone and, and sets Nebraska up nicely. Okay. All right. Those are our oddly specific predictions. We got Travis Vokalek touchdown. We got Trey Palmer two carries. We have Aaron Crookshank ruining Nebraska's life. And we have Timmy Bleak Road on a double doink. Not a double Miles, or a single doink, sorry. <laughs> a single doink. And then uh you you threw in a Miles Farmer interception for fun there. All right. Pick to click, Hanley, you're ready to roll. Let's let's jump to you. So you would think that I would say Trey Palmer, which I think is a fantastic uh, selection because of my oddly specific prediction. Or maybe you go with the obvious in this one, Anthony Grant, which, again, another fine prediction. But I'm going to go the other way with this. Based on the way the defense played last week, swarming to the football, high energy, if they can carry that over, there's one guy that I really point to that can kind of wreck the game. Uh, and it, in a good way for Nebraska and, and wreck Rutgers. And that's Garrett Nelson. I, I've been down on Garrett. I've been high on Garrett. It's just the way he's played. But if this team is feeling confident, if they feel like they are playing with that, that motor, he's the guy that has the motor more than anybody. So I'm going to go Garrett Nelson. I think he gets a couple big TFLs, a big sack, might even get uh, something in the turnover department too. So I'll go with Garrett Nelson. BC? Yeah, Garrett's a good one. I'm going to say, uh, I think Ty Robinson's going to build off what he did Saturday. I, I Sometimes you need the right voice. You need the right guy sort of uh, challenging you. And I've always thought, like Matt Millen said himself, we wrote about that. Matt Millen told Bill Bush, there's something in that guy. You got to get it out of him, basically, is what he said. And, uh, you know, maybe this is a takeoff point. So I'm going to say Ty Robinson. Yeah, I'm. I'm still uh, rolling with Vokalek. I think uh, he's he's going to be the biggest deal in New Jersey since uh, Springsteen in this game. So Vokalek. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll go with Anthony Grant. I don't have any extra uh, great comment that I can add, like Brunch just did there. So Anthony Grant keeps it rolling. Uh, another strong game on the ground for him. Nebraska kind of rides him a little bit as they play their first. True road game this season. All right, scoring prediction time. I'll get mine out of the way. I don't know where you guys are going to go with this. I don't know where I'm going to go with it. Nebraska 26, <laughs> Rutgers 18. I don't know how. I don't know why. That's the score. Deal with it. Nebraska BC. Nebraska beat uh, Missouri in the 80s by the score of 26-18. I still remember that. <laughs> wow. Look at that. Yeah. It's a throwback to an 80s game. What do you got for him? I'll say uh, 23 to 20. That keeps with my three field goals for Bleak Road. A very tight game. He hits one with about 322 left. That could be specific to, and that is a difference. That's not the one that hits the upright, though. So Nebraska's defense gets off the field? Is that what you're telling us here? They get the, the key stop after Nebraska goes up by three? Yes, yeah, they'll they'll get the stop after that. It, it might get a little hairy. Rutgers drives it to about midfield or something, but then someone gets a sack, and then Rutgers can't throw the ball, and there you go. And it's it's a beautiful weekend where people are watching. Uh, what's the 11 a.m. game? Michigan State, uh, Maryland, and then, you know, Illinois, Iowa. All of a sudden, everyone will be all dialed in Saturday, like, okay. oh, look out, could go. You know, that sort of thing. All right, Brunt. I, I – Coming into last week, I, I kind of thought that was going to be the last week I was going to pick Nebraska in this thing. Then they pulled me back in. 
So I think I'm going to go Nebraska in a very, very, very narrow, probably the bleak road field goal being the difference that BC, one of the three that BC was talking about. I'm going to go Nebraska 29, Rutgers 27. There's going to be, you know, some, some relieved and happy Nebraska fans milling about Central Park on Saturday, getting ready for that big Bama game in the afternoon uh, on CBS. So look forward to that. But uh, yeah, I think a very narrow Nebraska win and the uh, Mickey Joseph talk gets a little bit more hot and heavy going into the Purdue week. All right, Hanley, close it out. I took Indiana last week. That blew up in my face. I am in the mindset that I feel many people are of, I will uh, I'll, I'll get on board after I start to see it. So the whole, yeah, I'll believe when I see it. I, I liked what I saw last week. And and I like where Nebraska's coming in compared to where Rutgers is coming in on this one, even with a short week. I'm I'm kind of in the same ballpark as you fellas, though. I'm at 27-24. I got a three-point win for Nebraska. But I think they, kind of like what you said, hopefully the Crookshank, uh, that, hopefully that you, you don't become a profit on that one. But I, I feel like, they do stretch out a bit, and Rutgers makes it a little bit nerve-wracking at the end. Okay. All right. Look at that. Four predictions for Nebraska. Rutgers on Friday, 6 o'clock, BTN. We will have all the coverage. Both Brunson and BC will be out there. Uh, we'll have plenty of post-game coverage, plenty of coverage throughout the weekend, so be sure to check out Husker247.com. Hanley, thank you for joining us Uh joining us here on the Hypecast. I know you have a busy weekend ahead. Uh, I appreciate that your oddly specific prediction wasn't two home runs from Yandy Diaz in game one. No. Uh, nobody wants that. Two infield, two infield hits for Ahmad Rosario. <laughs> well, that's, he gets that walking off the bus. That's what he does. All right. Uh, Thanks, appreciate boys. it, everyone. The Husker Hypecast will return next week for a Purdue game that could be quite big. Uh, we'll see where things are at. Of course, we'll have more podcasts as well. Another Sunday sessions podcast, all that and more. Be sure to stick around with Husker 24-7. Spring training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.